we're going to be positive every day. You're the people being negative. You're in some of the fans. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door, and Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yosemite booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. Thank you to the Rick Tater, and thank you to Al. Do you think Entitled Town doesn't have enough co-hosts? Hold my beer. Shaq, Dan, John, Scartelli is here. Mike on Route 1 is here. Scartelli, you're in the Ricky Henderson position. Ricky Henderson position, he tried to say in English. Patriots 27, Chargers 24 at Gillette West. Your thoughts on the game? It was a fun game to watch. There was a depressing but you know expected amount of moistened footwear at the beginning of the game. But uh, when it all it all shook out, they won the they won the turnover battle. They won the time of possession battle. Thirty five minutes and a half of possession time. Yes, you think that's any good? It, it, it must be nice. That's all I'll say. Uh, Dan, you know, going on Scartelli's point, the Chargers got the ball went right down the goddamn field, and yellow shoes abounded in the six-state region, while well, five-state. Connecticut is basically Giants country at this point. But they pushed the guy in the end zone. Um, Austin Eckler got pushed in the end zone while I was screaming for a whistle in my living room in the sunshine in West Seattle. But the Patriots answered. Mac Jones did not throw a touchdown pass in the game. We'll get to Mac a little bit later. But, Dan, how'd you feel about uh, the game overall? I just, I mean, a, a win against a pretty decent opponent on the road. You know, that Pat Kerwin uh, put out a book a few years back called Take Your Eye Off the Ball. It's one of uh, a slew of books, unfinished football books I've got in my, my library. Um, but the, the premise of it was to stop when, when you're watching the game, stop watching the ball, start watching like the lines to really see what's going on. So on the second walk, uh, watch of the game, that's what I was doing. And I just was just blown away by both lines. It was a, just a great game for the offensive line. It was fun watching uh, what their pass rush could be. Um, some other things I thought from that game was it was a great complimentary game. Absolutely. I mean, Towards uh, the end, towards the end of the first half, when they had the the red zone stop, you know they 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 couldn't compete uh, convert on fourth down, but then that just turned into complimentary football. The, they got the three and out, and then it came back with the uh, the special teams play where uh, Olszewski came down with a twenty one yards. Olszewski had a terrific game returning the football. Greg Bedard, fuck off. Special teams do matter, Mike. Um, you and I, I mean, I think all of us were decidedly pro-Mac. Mac wasn't good Sunday, but Mac never put the ball in danger. I think back to Brady's first year as a starter. He had stinkers at uh, down at Pro Player in Miami. He had an absolute four-interception nightmare in Denver. While Mac didn't play a good game on Sunday against the Chargers, he didn't put the ball in jeopardy. Uh, what were your thoughts about the game? Yeah, uh, well, despite my... Uh my failure to correctly calculate when I, when I got married and when I decided to then subsequently procreate that eventually <laughs> Halloween would fall on a Sunday and it would, there would be a four o'clock Patriots game. Um, you know, I, I guess I need to do better on that, on that front. But uh, so, you know, there, there's trick or treating involved. So I, I was, uh, I was a bit delayed, but uh, it, it was, it was great to, to dance point, you know, the complimentary football was there and, and that's what, you know, that's what Belichick talks about. It's that that everything working kind of in concert, flipping the field and, and bringing it back. So that was fantastic. And, and Barmore to me was, you know, he looked like an all pro. And I just I can't think of a comp out there that, that they've had um, like that. Uh, you know, he's versatile like Seymour. Um, he, he gets off blocks like Will Fork has, but he plays you know a very vertical game in the pocket. It's 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 pretty crazy to think they haven't had a guy that is is that much of he's a, a hybrid of Ty Warren, Will Fork, uh, the best interior guys they've had. You're right. I don't think there is. I'm not saying he's Aaron Donald, but 
he's unlike anyone they've ever had. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely, you know, obviously he's not Aaron Donald, but, you know, he's kind of Aaron Donald. He's kind of kind of this. So it's been uh, unbelievable to uh, steal him where they did. And I guess uh, you know, as for Mac, if that's your stinker, uh, that's pretty good. Um, absolutely. You're, you're never going to come out of a game um, saying, you know, we lost uh, because they, you know, because uh, they threw it away too many times. And that, that was it. There, were, there weren't a ton of high uh probability uh, drops as you've seen uh where he, when he's avoided interceptions in in past weeks so uh it's it, it was it was it was a clean game uh, despite you know being yes. kind of um, ugly from a, a, an efficiency standpoint but yeah so it, it was it was a, that was fun that was a fun one and, and reminded me of going to san diego of course in 06 um in uh the divisional which is you know one of the top three i think non-super bowl games of, of yes. the era but yes. uh it, it was it, it was fun in that same way, despite being a lot less stressful than that 06 game, but uh, it, it was fun. So the 06 playoff game was not clean. So I'll reference another game at Jack Murphy Stadium in 2014, when, again, it was Gillette West in San Diego, when Edelman caught a touchdown pass on an in-cut from Brady late. Patriots played clean. They played better. They were probably more talented than that Charger team, and no one, no one with a functioning frontal lobe has ever feared Philip Rivers in a in a big spot but I'll throw it to you next John you know to Mike's point not only is the pass rush good it's disciplined Herbert is sneaky mobile and if you if the the guys on the edge are going to run behind the quarterback you're going to open up the field for big plays down the field Herbert has a huge goddamn arm good player he went to Oregon he's much better than I thought he would be but the fact that this team, I think this team gets it. it and I'm admittedly, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm watching the snippets in the locker room. I think that Bill, our good friend Bill, is really enjoying coaching a younger team here. And I think he's been invigorated in bringing this team, this set of guys into this culture, his ethos. But that was a really great win Sunday and a lot of fun. And that's why we watch sports. It, it was a great win, and it was complimentary football, and I agree with everything that you guys have been saying. And I'm starting to fall in love with the the kind of the various units on this team. The, the offensive line, I thought, played very, very well. Uh, I actually thought Matt played pretty well. You know, he, he there's going to be a game, and it's going to come soon, where those near misses down the left sideline are going to be landing in receivers' hands. Right. He is going to find the He's rhythm this with close guys. with Aguilar. This he is close. this close. He is and his misses were good misses and they were safe misses. Right. It was he wasn't forcing the ball. Uh, I mean, the other teams on scholarship, too. Right. I mean, they're going to they're going to make plays, too. But, you know, Mac, I thought, played a very smart um, um, kind of mature game, you know, for lack of a better word. Uh, the workmanlike. The yeah, the, the defense, you know, it, they controlled the time of possession. They were super balanced. They ran the ball 39 times. You know, Mac threw it, I think, 35 times. Yes. Um, you look at the Chargers, 35 throws for Herbert, 20 runs. You know, they're they're lopsided. The Patriots were, were playing that cover, too. And, you know, did Mike Williams play? Yeah, he played. He had two catches. You know, the same Mike Williams that was the best, the proverbial best player on the field when they played the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, yep. right? The, the Chiefs couldn't stop him. Right. Patriots completely took him out of the game and said, Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen, you know, you're going to beat us, you know, running the ball and, and underneath and we're going to pound the hell out of you. And, you know, we're going to make you turn it over. And that's exactly what happened. Right. They, so, won, they won the turnover battle. They made, you know, Brady was disciplined enough barely to throw the ball underneath to your point. Um, you know, Herbert doesn't get that yet. Uh, finish your thoughts. I'm sorry. Yeah. And the defense, you know, two quick things. The defense Chargers had five drives of four plays or less. You know, the, the Pats go up by seven after the two-point conversion. The Chargers get the ball, one, two, three, and out. You know, I mean, talk about a defense that is, you know, that is exactly what you want from a from a playoff championship caliber defense. You know, they, they had that opportunity. Chargers had that opportunity to go down. You know, Justin Herbert wants to be an MVP someday. And, you know, three and out, that's the kind of defense that you're – that, you know, Bill Belichick is building, right? And the last thing, you know, you guys are talking about the 06 divisional game. Again, totally agree. One of the top three wins, non-Super Bowl division of, of that era. And, you know, who's making the plays in the secondary? Troy Brown. Who, who yeah. is, is it going to come to that? 
Is Gunnar Olszewski going to come to play in cornerback on this team? The, the fact that, you know, they've lost, they, you know, they obviously lost Gilmore. Um, they, they lost Jones and, you know, they're plugging in these guys. Miles Bryant had a very good game. Belichick's ability to coach up the secondary, whether it's, you know, guys off the street or Troy Brown or Julian Edelman. Uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of skittishness in the media about the secondary and the injuries, but oh man, like talk about being able to put your faith in the coaching staff that they're going to get the most out of these guys. They played a, those guys played a great game, very complimentary game as, as everybody's saying. How many heads would explode in the press box shack if Nikhil Harry made a game changing play with an interception on defense? I mean, I would, you wouldn't really be able to shine a black light in my bedroom if that happened. But your thoughts on 27-24 in Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Los Angeles. I'm not going to say San Diego. Go ahead. You know how you know when it's a really good win is that when the opponent is making all types of excuses. Yes, it reminds preach. me of it reminds me of the Patriots teams of old when right after a game, you'd have, you know, whether it's uh, Mike Tomlin complaining about the headsets. Which, by the way, uh, I guess I'd complain if I had to hear Scott Zolak too, just for the record. <laughs> I guess it's a problem around the league because Joe Judge is already over there complaining about headset problems. But that's another story for another day. But when you have guys like Justin Herbert saying that he was confused by cover two, which to me is like, what are they doing over there? And then you have Keenan Allen saying, oh, well, they didn't, the Patriots didn't do anything special. They didn't really do anything different. But, uh, you haven't really done much against the Patriots defense throughout all the games that you've played. So I just think it's, it's a really great win and in a, in a, in a place where you really probably, I would say the Patriots were expected from a lot of people. And from what I take from this win is Adrian Phillips. He had a great quote and he said, Player of the week. great. Yeah. Was he was the MVP of the game, I would say. And he says, great teams win the close games and we need to keep stringing these along. And that to me, is is the story is the previous the losses you know to the bucks to the cowboys to miami in week one they for whatever reason the patriots were unable to seal the deal and come away with a victory in this game the team successfully executed down the stretch um i'd be remiss to not mention that final drive because that was you know pick up your balls and just put it on a table and throw it down because all of the all of the pass catchers just sliding down and being able to have that awareness to not go out of bounds. A situational football masterpiece. It, it was excellent, absolutely excellent. And that that if that doesn't tell you the difference between whoever that coach is for Los Angeles and Bill Belichick, then I don't know what you're looking at. And honestly, I think uh, John made a good point when we was talking about the offensive line. I think when they moved uh, Michael Onwenuf to right tackle instead of having Heron Kajus, that's made great. all the difference. And yeah. everything looks great after that move. And yeah. as far as Mac is concerned, this was an important step for him. I mean, when you think about Tom Brady, I mean, he isn't the greatest quarterback careful, ever. Careful, Shaq, I know, careful. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm hedging. I'm hedging towards uh, uh, the lava here. So I'm trying not. I'm trying to put my feet on the ground here. You're, um, you're saying he's not a jag, is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> he's not a jag. But you know, I'm, I'm, fuck I'm, I'm, you, Chris Gasper. <laughs> I'm watching my DMs right now to see if he hits me up. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, slides into your DM, yeah, Shaq. He slid. He slid. Um, but. Brady, By the Brady. way, tell him I thought his blazer was <laughs> breathtaking on Channel 5 before before the uh, Flex Seal infomercial on Sunday night. <laughs> oh, Gasper, Gasper, Gasper. Oh, poor you. Anyway, um, Brady, Brady's not the GOAT because he was a great passer. Brady's the GOAT because he was able to win even when he played a C-, minus, a D, or even a C game. He did just enough. And I think that great quarterbacks don't press or throw games away by trying to gut out awesome downfield strikes on days when it just ain't there. Bad quarterbacks do that. And yeah, Matt learned a that. great lesson while he got a win. And I think that that is invaluable. And I don't know if the lesson will stick, but I think it's promising. And I think that uh, the Patriots are trending upward. And I think it's, uh, I think it's a good time in which to, for them to do that. We have some exclusive footage from BSJ headquarters in Medway when Greg Bedard saw the guys sliding down the fourth quarter. I had no clue. Uh, Mike, Stefan Gilmore today came out and said that 
he did not like how the Patriots handled his uh, quad injury situation that happened last year. Declined to give specifics. Uh, the Patriots play the Panthers uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, the injury status of Sam Darnold, John, John's man crush, Sam Darnold, and Christian McCaffrey is in doubt. Uh, Gilmore is there. He's playing out the contract. He didn't want to play with the, the mean old Patriots. Um, I don't even know how to frame this. Uh, go ahead. Your thoughts on Gilmore's comments in the game. Yeah, I, I think for, first and foremost, um, a, a good reminder here to is that the blow-dried, big-voiced, hardo Mike Giardi has done nothing throughout this <laughs> Gilmore saga but carry his agent's water. And it's just, I mean, it's a, a really a masterclass. Um, you know, if he wasn't so talentless and such a, a lazy person, he, he might have a future in the uh, Schefter and Rap uh, business in, in um, reporting agents' uh, words uh, verbatim. But uh, control C, I, control V. It really, it really is. You know, he, he, back in June, Giardi did say, he said, Oh, he's been doing nothing. He's been doing football, football stuff. And he's been really, you know, no, no restrictions. And now today, of course, Gilmore is saying, you know, I, I just wasn't right at the beginning of camp to be perfectly honest with you. So there's something going on there because clearly, uh, you know, th those words in June were coming from the, the Gilmore camp. So uh, that it's not surprising that that's happening. And, and my, my read on the situation is he, he, he was, in a staring contest with Belichick and he wasn't going to budge and he wasn't going to play for that number here. Right. He would play for that number elsewhere. I, I was surprised by the latter, by, by the fact that he is going to play for that number in, in Carolina, but I kind of, uh, you know, I have no use for him. He's in the Revis camp for me um, anyway. Uh, and I, I really um, am surprised he's playing at that number, but good for him. I guess I, I do kind of at least there's, there's at least principle there. Uh, and he didn't, you know, he didn't talk shit about Bill. So, you know, that's really my judge for basically any human being, uh, really. And so, <laughs> so, you know, I, I thought, I thought it was, um, but confirming what, what I believe, and I believe he was to some extent and people, um, I think a mercenary. I, well, I, I think he, I think he was, I think he was malingering. Uh, and I, 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 I think he, he would have been okay to, had the had the had the uh, the 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 number been bumped up for this year, I think he would have been uh, okay to start the, the season. That's my read on it. How'd you feel about Revis in 2014? Because I I have to admit, when he picked off that pass in the uh, uh, the game against the Colts, playoff game against the Colts, you know, I stood up and said, "You're part of this," because you know Stockholm syndrome. You know, I'm clearly in Bills camp. But how'd you feel about Revis in 14? I think that I love that they fleece the Jets. And then he goes back to the Jets, cashes in, and never plays that well again. Yeah, that that's that's it's always good to get one over on the Jets. But I, I compare it to, uh, I, I hated Kurt Schilling during the 2004 season. I hated Kurt Schilling because people were using First him as a again cudgel, as a cudgel to shit on Pedro. Um, so yeah. I, I hated showing during 2004. So I had no problem hating Rebus during 2014. And I just it, and it goes back to, of course, our I, I think. Uh, I, certainly you old board uh, weirdos know our, our the old jokes about Revis, you know, takes away half the field. Um, you know, uh, there's a, there's a run stop on the other side of the field. Revis plus, plus, plus 1.5, you know, the old PFF Revis joke. So yeah, no, I had no, I didn't like him then. And I, it's fine. Yeah. Scartelli, your thoughts on Gilmore and uh, maybe some thoughts about the upcoming game against uh, St. Sam Darnold's of California and the Panthers about Gilmore. It, you know, would have been nice if he uh, could uh, find his way to play for the team, but to uh, paraphrase Charles de Gaulle, the cemeteries are full of indispensable men and uh, defensive players of the year. You know so what? I, go ahead. Scarty. I'm sorry. Oh no. So we're, we're, we're on to Carolina. You know what? I'm loath to say anything after that because that should be a mic drop moment but let's go to california <laughs> and the, the patron saint of my brother's household is sam darnold so john um please pull your pants up and talk about the matchup against the panthers 
I, uh, before that, I just want to say on Gilmore, I'm looking at uh, Mike on Route One's uh, mentioned Giardi, so I had to pull it up because I hadn't seen his piece. I'd, I'd seen it kind of referred to on Twitter. His hair the, piece? The, the, yeah, the, the, full, the full quote from Gilmore that's kind of the money quote is he referring to his contract on, you know, kind of why he's no longer in New England. You know, he says it's a reason also, too, but a lot goes into it. It's not just one specific thing. At the end of the day, it's a business. Patriots treat it like a business, and we made the best decision for each other. And Honestly, these guys are all like we all know in our hearts, you know, we're cheering for laundry. These guys, are, especially a guy like Gilmore, who's yeah. at the twilight of his career. He's going for that one big payday. Hold on, Dan Duquette, twilight of his career. That's uh, a loaded exactly. phrase around these parts. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it's, you know, he wants his one big last payday. If, you know, Belichick, we've talked about this before. He is the master of being a year early on a guy as opposed to a year late. Somebody's going to be a year late on Gilmore. It's not going to be the Patriots. I think all of us were okay with that, right? And he's he's going to go get paid, and that's that's fine. That's the way it works in this league. Probably so, by the Jets. And probably would be. Well, I mean, Mike Tannenbaum is is the guy. Whoever hires Tannenbaum, Tanny does it again. Is gonna is gonna sign him. So um, I also thought it was funny in the Giardi piece, uh, who, channeling your fave, uh, almost a coach, Mike. Uh, in true oh. Gilmore fashion, he never raised his voice much above a whisper. So there oh, you go. Fuck <laughs> off, Bedard. For the love of God. We can blame Mike, blame you, Mike, for 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 sharing the the Giardi wisdom with us here. Uh, as for Gilmore, yeah, excuse me. As for Darnold, yes, uh, I'm uh, very very comfortable with my Darnold uh, opinion that he can be a quality NFL quarterback uh, in the right situation. Is oh, Carolina fuck the off, right? Fuck off t- twice. Is I mean, Carolina the right situation? We'll see. We won't see this week because he's concussed, unfortunately. P.J. Walker is going to play Sunday. He, who's he misses three of a chance 15 to, on the season. To get revenge against Bill Belichick and dispel the ghosts that he's, uh, that he's you know, had to deal with in the past. So he's going he's gonna to miss this one. The Patriots get P.J. Walker, which means, of course, the, the looming win is less of a win because they only beat P.J. Walker. And who knows if, uh, if Christian McCaffrey is even going to play. So... You know, I don't know. I mean, Darnold, Darnold's actually, I watched a little bit of Carolina just because just he's stop, been just a, stop a, a Darnold, binky. Jesus Christ. No, no, let me just say, let me just say, he was playing pretty well early in the season when he had McCaffrey at his, his disposal. When they lost McCaffrey, the wheels came off that offense. And if McCaffrey doesn't play, God bless P.J. Walker. I don't know how they're going to move the ball. You know, every time I see, I see Sam Darnold, I hear Billy Joel comb my hair in a pompadour like the rest of the Romeos were. That's all I, that's all I can see. He's softer than Dairy Queen soft serve. Shaq, uh, your thoughts on, I mean, I mean, take a second to purge yourself of John's Sam Darnold man love, but your thoughts on the matchup Sunday and uh, God forbid Sam Darnold. Yeah, I wonder if Sam Darnold is going to be hearing ghosts again as as soon as he sees uh, Kyle Van Noy, you know, uh, (laughs) flumping off a block, but we'll find out. Um, As far as Gilmore, um, he, he, the whole statement confuses me because you didn't like that the Patriots were cautious with the, with the injury, but then you confirmed it was right to be cautious with them because you weren't ready to be back on the field. And now you're in Carolina, which, by the way, you know, Belichick is such a meanie that he sent you to a place where you're comfortable being with your family and your home, you know, such a big meanie. But Carolina hasn't given you an extension yet, and you're currently playing on the money that you were to make playing for the Patriots. So yeah, like uh, Michael Root once said, you overplayed your hand with the Patriots and you lost the steering contest. You felt that the Patriots would cave and give you what you want. But I, I appreciate Gilmore for what he did. But yeah, he's DOA in my book. Uh, as far as the Carolina Panthers go, um, the offense, um, even with Christian McCaffrey gone, the running game has looked relatively decent. Um but the rolling game can only get you so far in the NFL. I mean, the 2020 Patriots can tell you that much. But, I mean, also, it helps when you have a competent quarterback. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to get Chuck Modi uh, <laughs> listening to this podcast. But anyway, uh, the, the offense isn't very good for the Panthers. So I think the, this will be a good uh, get right for the Patriots defense. Not that the Patriots defense has been bad, but just that this will be a bigger confidence booster for them. Uh, on the other side, uh, the defense of Carolina has been among the best of the league. So, yep. and one of the reasons for that is they've been able to get off of third and fourth downs. So um, I'm reading this opponents have only converted 
34 of 106 plays in such situations for a success rate of 32.1%. So it's, it's, it's going to be imperative that, you know, Matt continue doing what he's doing, what he's doing, uh, not only on the football very long, getting it out there to your, his receivers. And, you know, hopefully this will be a big Nikhil Harry day. I'm on the bandwagon. Um, we're, we're all in on him. We're, we're all, yeah, on him. we're all on, on the bandwagon. Let's, let's put the flags up because, I want to see him burn uh, Gilmore for at least a touchdown. Like that would just, you know, that would just get it up for in the best way. Well, in title town after dark here, um, I will say that um, you're right. I'm sorry. Bell, the entitled dog is voicing her displeasure here. The Panthers are fifth in scoring defense in the NFL. And that's a advanced stats. Great. They're fifth. They're fifth in the NFL in points allowed, Dan. Um, how do you feel? What were your thoughts, Bell? Please, Dan, your thoughts uh, while I hit mute, while I give her some treats. So, your thoughts on John's love, uh, man love for Sam Darnold, the Panthers, and the game, a tough road game coming up against a, an opponent that these guys don't know. I wanted to get my say in on Gilmore. Uh, first of all, in regards to Revis, I think my joke on the old board was that the half of the field that Revis covered stopped five yards short of wherever Stevie Johnson was standing. I think it was Stevie Johnson. <laughs> well, well played. Go ahead. I, you know, with, with, with Gilmore, I, I don't want to think about him the same way I think about Revis. You know, I, I really love the player here, the player. Um, and, and I'm hopeful that his response was that he was cajoled into that response. Um, but still you hate it when people hint at something and then shut it down completely because it opens the door for wild speculation. So here's mine. Uh, <laughs> I, think he, <laughs> I think he wasn't happy that Patriots wouldn't give him another payday while he was still injured. I mean, I, I think that's completely fair. And you listen, he was player of the year defensively. He had the play in Super Bowl 53. I get it. Mm-hmm. And you can understand how these guys with this, they have this short window to make these massive yeah. amounts of money. So I think, and we've seen it like William Guinness, this comeback. Does anyone remember William McGinnis playing for the Browns? Tyler yeah. played for the chiefs, right? You go through the dynasty 1.0. There's numerous examples. Dion oh, yeah. branch forces way out to go to S- Seattle in the terrible weather here. Right. Mike, um, Mike from Woburn. So time and again, we've seen that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I want to throw... Mike, go, go ahead, John. It, it's, just, it's just, it's not that interesting a story. I mean, Mike Unruh one said at the beginning, it's a stare down and, you know, Belichick didn't blink. I mean, it's, it's, it's a business and both, both parties agreed. It was well, handled- both parties didn't blink. So let's, let's right. give their steadfast on both sides. So yeah, that's happens. Yeah. It, it, it's like, I, I don't, I don't see Gilmore leaving with any ill will, frankly, you know, like the team moves on, the program moves on and, and, you know, they're, they're, they're replacing them and they're coaching these guys up and, you know, good luck to them. You know, I'm not sure I agree with the ill, him not saying any ill will stuff that passive aggressive shit really annoys the hell out of me, but you know, it, it is what it is. I'm going to be Bella chicken about that. And I want to throw some random questions at you guys before we go to our final topic. The first one goes to Mike on Route 1. Mike, if you were in the north end zone in Tampa when Tom Brady threw his 600th touchdown pass and Mike Evans came to you and gave you the ball, would you have given the ball back to Tom? Uh, Are we talking to 2020, 2021 me or are we talking to 2021 me? Yes. I, I, I go to the game. Oh. Well, I, I would say at that at that point, uh, the negotiations would be um, would be hard and difficult. I'd bring my like wife, like Giselle, like Giselle. I'd bring my wife and have her have her, you know, complain and um, <laughs> drive a hard bargain, and um, and then I'd I, I would I would do it for free as long as he admits that his teeth are not real and his hair is you know whatever number just for men he uses seattle slew number number five uh and then it would be a fair fair trade and how many millimeters of of botox do you use per day there thomas dear god scartelli my next one is for you uh chris hogan retired and i could not 
I searched the internet. Mike on Route One would appreciate this. I searched the internet for Clink going Hogan, but I couldn't find it. But Chris Hogan was a stupidly underrated great patriot. And I think we need to tip our cap to Chris Hogan and maybe tip our lacrosse stick to him as well. Yes, that's a little known fact about him that he played lacrosse. Big if true. Mm, but no, he was, uh, there's uh, so many players that just uh, because of uh, all the oxygen that went to some of the, the big timers there that just get, uh, just get unfortunately shunted to the side. And Hogan is, is one of them. He was, he was, he was a pleasure to watch when he was uh, with the squad. 100%. Uh, my next random question, that this might be a, a good segment moving forward. My next random question is for John. John, you once, you know, vouch free October is done. It's dead. I know that you're relieved by this. But one of your worst vouches in a library of worst vouches was for Nick Cattles, Greg Bedard's lapdog. Don't you think that Nick Cattles is basically Upton Bell in trading without nepotism? Would you agree with that? Go ahead, John. Cat's uh, got John's tongue. So, John, I'm so sorry I broke your brain. But, Shaq, since you and John share a brain, is Nick Cattles basically young Upton? We should do the, the Big Bang thing. Young Upton should be young Sheldon just like without the nepotism. So would you like to answer for your, uh, your partner with a brain? Uh, well, Nick Cattles, um, he's certainly young something. Um, I don't know what, what he's trying to masquerade as. Young I mean, lapdog. Yeah, for, for, for Bedard and his, you know, he's, he's basically one of those moments goes, uh-huh, 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 to everything that Greg Bedard says. And, you know, he's... Uh, I mean, if, if I if I was in John's place, I would say no vouch, but don't never vouch anyway. But no vouch to Nick. No, John, John would vouch. I mean, for the love of oh, God, well. John would vouch. Dan's up next. Dan, you are our uh, our correspondent on, on all things Wickersham, and God bless you for that. <sighs> I loved Ian Rappaport absolutely pantsing Seth Wickersham. I I did a tweet earlier tonight where Wickersham is showing his book, unsold copies of his book on the bottom shelf at the Harvard co-op in Harvard Square. So like, no one's buying your book, book chef, Seth. Chef, sham. Uh, Ian Rappaport absolutely takes Wickersham to the woodshed. He tweeted on, on October 28th, quote, circling back on Patriots and 49ers talking about Jimmy G pre-draft. New England not only didn't attempt to trade for Garoppolo, but could not have. Not close to enough cap room, not possible. Not once they signed Cam, and it was once they signed Cam, it was Newton and young quarterback. And he tweets back to what he said pre-draft. So I love that Wickersham's book is going to be in the fiction section all across New England at Walden Books and half-price books for the most like. Um, but I thought this was right up your alley and the floor is yours. Well, and you saw that Wickersham uh, backtracked soon, right off the bat saying, Oh no, 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 that's, that's not what I said. They misunderstood. It was on, it was on the fans. It was on the readers that were misunderstanding what, what he said. And, and this was such a minor point in the book, but it's, it's kind of illustrative of the whole thing. You know, if, if you can find this, if you can open the book and throw a dart and, and right debunk whatever is on that page what's what's the worth of the book i don't know what was uh rapaport's motivation for that though that that seemed a little bit out of character you know i agree with that but i think he was defending his earlier reporting that that, i think it's just that simple i'm not sure there's sinister stuff beyond that um we were going to talk about the farce of aaron Rodgers not saying he was vaccinated but immunized Dr. Evil quotation figures dot gif, but I, I just think draw your own conclusions and um, we're going to announce at some point Shaq and I had a conversation earlier. I think Shaq's going to be the lead host of our late week podcast moving forward, previewing the game rather than reacting to media uh, right after the game and the game itself. But Shaq's going to be hosting a late week in Titletown moving forward 
uh, previewing the game in the week's weakest in media. So content, content, content moving forward. You'll have, um, hopefully the guys here will be available. You know, we're all old married guys for the most part. And, you know, we have some availability, that sort of thing. Uh, we have three listener emails this week. I'll let, you, I'll let you guess who two of those emails are from. But the first one is from, let's see. Let me get on the AOL dial up here. Uh, it's from our friend James. Keenan Allen talked Sunday about the Patriots not being able to cover the Chargers receivers, Mike on Route 1. Um, as we mentioned earlier, it seemed like a throwback to the early part of the dynasty where players from the opposing team would come on. And in great Charger tradition, Complaining and Tomlinson would say these sorts of things after that sainted win in the 06 playoffs at Jack Murphy Stadium. Keenan Allen doesn't think the Patriots could cover him. Justin Herbert, 51% passing, five yards a pass. Um, so despite evidence to the contrary, Mike, the floor is yours. Yeah, that's a, um, a tradition unlike uh, any other. And I could, I could live, um, subsist forever on, on opponent uh, tiers, I think, like, of that yeah. nature. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there is, going back to your point about the Chargers, the, the 06 game, there is still, I haven't looked maybe in, in, in a couple of years on YouTube, uh, there, there was some, uh, there was a video clip on there of the, of the chargers complaining and crying. Uh, and it was, it was an NECN, Chris Collins, that, that midget, um, there, there's a video of the Russell of Wilson of media. Yeah. Yes. The celibate midget. Uh, I don't, I can't speak for Chris though, uh, on that front, but, um, yeah, in <laughs> there, are just, it, it just reminds me of that, like that kind of. That, those kind of tears, and, and that's a very, you know, a Steelers thing, of course. Yes. Um, you know, the better team didn't win. And I think that's always, uh, like, to, I think it was um, uh, John said earlier, that that's when you know, or, or Shaq said earlier, that's when you know um, that that's, it, it was a quality win. When when they get, when they're going to that well, um, that's when they've been outplayed. And I think that's, you you know that too when when you hear players and guys like that they, they end up going into media um oftentimes ryan and clark then, yeah you, you, you can exactly you can immediately dismiss anything they say because they they clearly didn't learn anything and didn't know what they were looking at and um so it, yeah I, those those games are, are are the best and that's the ones you i think look back at as, as a fan certainly i do uh and and look back with fondness you know what Shaq? you know what that is for me when a player says that post game to me, what that says is he had that game mentally in the W column before it happened. They were taking it for granted. And that's, that's a Teddy level KGB tell I'm recycling my takes here from previous podcasts. But if you're a poker player, that hell is like, Oh, we thought we had this game and I can't I'm have having trouble processing that my ass just got beat. Yeah, I, I made a tweet to this effect um, when uh, Keenan Allen's statement came out. And I said that we all, sh as Patriots fans, should be thankful that we're able to appreciate guys and players who are not only able to hold themselves accountable, but hold their teammates accountable. And I don't know what's going on over there, but it seems like the Chargers have guys who, you know, I guess they decided and, and almost this is similar to what's going on in, I guess, their neighbor team, the Chiefs. It seems like the Chiefs felt as though... Uh, the seven-time well, Super Bowl champion Chiefs, Yeah, Shaq, yeah. just for the, the record. The, yeah, the dynasty that uh, never was and probably never will be, but... Uh, they, they, you mean they, the greatest they, show they smell, on turf 2.0? Yeah, they, they, they smell their own ass and they read their own hype, and now they're reaping the benefits of doing that, which is they're losing more games and, you know, Mahomes, you know, if, if his, you know, dipshit brother, you know, could get off the sidelines once in a while, maybe they'd be able to concentrate. But I think with a lot of these teams, it just seems as though that they're in, well, here we go entitled to, to a, to a title and they get punched in the mouth by a team that is hungry, like the Patriots. 
and a team that everybody assumes is going to not give their best effort and they get shell-shocked. And it, it seems like a tale as old as time, but it's never going to change until, <laughs> I guess, until uh, Belichick is gone. Hopefully that's not for a while. This week's phrase that in pays is entitled. All right, so Vinny sent an uh, entitled town veteran email of Vinny J sent us a couple of questions but at the risk of this podcast being longer than, uh, well, longer than, you know, whatever. Uh, I want to go to final thoughts. Uh, Vinny, Vinny did ask, and he says that Scartelli loves when he asks multiple questions. Uh, is the offensive line doing a better job protecting Mac Jones? Yes. Um, he finds himself frequently in the minority arguing Ju- Julian Edelman should be in Canton. Um, what can you say on that topic? Yes. He was wondering about the trade deadline. Is it more inter- is it more difficult to integrate a new player midseason in football than any other sport? Yes. Uh, Entitletown at gmail.com. Uh, thank you both to James and to Vinny. Uh, final thoughts. We'll go to our leadoff hitter, Mr. Scartelli in mortgage-free Western Mass. Mr. Scartelli, your final thought. Pass. Mike on Route 1. Uh, I do have a, a point, and they're they're both kind of related. One is just an, uh, an observation about my own uh, fallibility. Uh, so Sunday night, I I had a, a take brewing in my brain, and it was that the one um, Bella, based on the the current uh, crop of Alabama players and their uh, preposterous success on, on the Patriots. Uh, is that uh, Nick Saban uh, is the one good Belichick friend vouch um, based on everything oh we know. Cer- certainly college coach. And then, and then, woof. Uh, and then what if Saban's vouches uh, decides to drive 156 miles an hour into a RAV4 and kill someone? But my, my real thought here is I'd be remiss if I did not mention uh, one Albert Redenbacher Breer <laughs> and his, <laughs> his oh, Jesus, his, uh, his observation that it was a, a sad situation all around. And I, I thought that perfectly encapsulated who, who Bert is in, in, in a in vapid piece of shit. Right. And, and, and I'm not a person who is not uh, unsympathetic to the plights of people who make mistakes and we can have compassion and, and, and grace. And maybe there's a time for right. that for, for rugs. I would submit it was not on Twitter, um, you know, within a couple of hours of seven uh, hours after the accident, for Christ's sake. And, and, and the thing, the thing is, if it was someone who did not run a four, three you know, there's no way Bert would be offering that kind of, uh, that kind of forgiveness. So can you imagine uh, what it would have been if he went to Ohio state? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Bert would have been, yeah. Bert, Bert would have been, uh, you know, throwing himself, um, on on Henry Ruggs uh, coming out of the courthouse, um, but it was a, a great bird performance, vintage. Oh, and uh, we also have to add that he was, I think, legitimately surprised that the Raiders cut the guy who was, you know, credibly going to be credibly uh, accused of vehicular homicide. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, why'd you get rid of him, Scartelli? He was just turning his life around. Come on, forget it, about it. May it. have uh, it, turning would have been a good thing. Instead of driving right into another vehicle. Wow, that's a mic drop moment. I'm gonna. Oh my god, that's brutal and perfect. Uh, John, please try to try to follow that up. Yeah, I get to follow that. That's good. Uh, two. It's two like quickies. following Rickles for Christ's sake. Two, two quickies. Uh, the the first is the graphic toward the end of the game against the Chargers. Fourth quarter point differential. Patriots first in the league. I love seeing that. I love it. It speaks to the the discipline of the program, the fitness, the coaching, uh, the fact that they're able to wear teams down, run the ball, Mike, which I know you love. Um, it's just I, I love that graphic. It's something that I think if it holds up over the next, you know, the second half of the season, uh, this team's going to do a lot better than people are expecting. The second is I, I hate the league. I hate the commissioner. Yes. I think everybody knows that uh, they're always scraping rock bottom with how loathsome they are. But between the, the Washington football team scandal and the way they're handling this, and I've started to listen to some of the podcasts that have featured some of the female victims uh, that have been caught up in this. They've been very vocal, pushing for a congressional investigation. Yes, we talked, we talked about this offline. Over we the we did talk about this offline, and, and maybe it's going to be a topic for, for you know, further down the road. But 
Um, I'm fascinated by it. I think the league, it, again, is, is completely reprehensible, run by miserable, reprehensible people. And now, now they get an opportunity to go deeper, you know, rock bottom into the liquid hot magma of, of the, the hypocrisy of how they're not going to treat Aaron Rodgers versus how they did treat Tom Brady. Right. And the, the bullshit around deflated balls and the fake scandal and the, the garbage of that investigation versus forget about Rogers and immunization versus vaccination. Right. The fact that if he wasn't vaccinated, he broke league protocols. He did. The so Packers did, too. Right. The Packers did, too. And, you know, what's going to happen here? Right. The, 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 you know, the league has a decision to make on how they enforce their own rules as it comes to one of their their poster boys and you know we'll see how they handle this but if they if they handle if they per, if they even do 50 percent of the attention on this that they did on brady with those balls and they handle it you know in in any sort of fashion similar i would expect rogers and that team to face serious discipline for this but we'll see what happens well i don't and i'll even go a little bit more cynical than you john i think that there's a possibility that this rug stuff might be used as a shiny bauble, like look over here to distract from that Washington football team stuff. And the stuff that's in those emails, like we're already hearing less about those emails as it goes on because the NFL is smart enough and devious enough to know that there's going to be more stuff that happens to distract the Breers, the Rappaports, the Michael Silvers of the world, you know, the lapdogs to media, Jay Glazers, et cetera. So that sort of thing. So Again, that's another subject for another time. Um, uh, Dan's next. Shaq, you're on deck. But Dan, your final thought. I've been trying to get a sense of the national mood on the Patriots. And, and I think it's that, oh, shit, here they come. They're coming again. Like uh, Rich Eisen begrudgingly said that, oh, they're, they're going to the playoffs. They're going to the playoffs. I can feel it. And um, Can't you feel the PTSD from the haters coming on? I love yeah, it. Yeah. And, and the Panthers coach, Matt Rule, uh, was saying, who do we want to be? We want the, the Patriots are the team that we want to be. And so watching the game again, another thing, this, this is probably a crazy thing to say a week after they dropped 50 on the jets, but I, I rewatching this game. I feel like they're oh so close to busting an open uh, offensively, you know, that, that I can see Harris breaking a 75 yarder or, or Stevenson taking a swing pass to the house or Aguilar getting a bomb uh, for, for a TD. You'll and, hear me if Aguilar catches a long one, like yeah. for the Mac Jones can't throw the deep ball stuff. You'll hear me from 3,000 miles away. I promise you that. Just watching the complimentary nature of that game, they're putting everything yeah. else together, and this is the last one. And it's going to start with fin finishing out in the red zone. Yeah, agreed. And I think a lot of that is the byproduct of a rookie quarterback learning stuff. Uh, Shaq, uh, you're next. Well, um, now I have, I guess I had only one final thought, but now I have three. So, well, maybe 3.5. Uh, regarding the Aaron Rodgers things, um, I started questioning his intelligence when he dated Danica Healing Crystals Patrick and Shailene, I meet my own medicines, eat clay and walk to mountains and climb mountains to, to drink, get drinking water, Woodley. So, you know, I don't think, and I'm wondering if will the Packers call Cam Newton? I, I don't know. But the beat media, the Packers beat media, if they were aware as well that he was maxing in team activities and made him from the public, that's some shit that they're going to have to deal with too. But anyway, forget about yeah. him. Uh, the other, now, now the last thought I have is, can we please stop the pandemic? And what I mean by the pandemic is the pandemic of adding your favorite sports talk radio host whenever something bad happens. Please stop doing that. Okay. <laughs> I'm tired of, I'm tired of going scrolling through Twitter and every time, every, any, any story, and it doesn't matter what it is. I see, uh, at toucher and rich, like, Hey Jonesy. Okay. Uh, yeah. Look, look what's going on as if they don't have their own, uh, you know, interns that, at, at, you know, they pay $2 an hour to go find them the best stories to, to, to opine about before 90 minutes of commercials with, uh, you know, balding hair, but please stop doing that. They, 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 don't, they don't see your tweet. Okay. They're not your friends. They're not anybody. And just, just stop it. It, it, it. It's no use. Just if, if you're going to comment on something, just have a comment. I mean, that's my Twitter etiquette. 
Jack, those are the guys buying the boner supplements and those are the guys buying the hair plugs. So I think you're being very insensitive. And I think you need to take a lap. Uh, my final thought, I'm sure everyone is aware that listens to this podcast, uh, that the media and broadcasting community suffered a tragedy recently as we're recording this. Ernie Johnson is the host of Inside the NBA on TNT. He and his wife, Cheryl, lost their 33-year-old son, Michael, on October 30th. Ernie and his wife have six kids, four of which they've adopted. Two have been adopted domestically in the U.S. They adopted a young woman from Paraguay, and Michael was adopted from Romania. The Johnsons adopted Michael despite the fact that he was born with an advanced form of muscular dystrophy, and he had to live with respiratory issues without his far too short life. Um, and he required him to live with a ventilator and ventilators have been an issue during the pandemic. And I'm sure a lot of you have seen Ernie, Michael and the family featured on ESPN specials and probably elsewhere. And I don't know to claim the entirety of knowing the entirety of Ernie Johnson as a man, his story, but he appears by all accounts to be a decent, selfless, giving man and why he never did play-by-play -play of throwing a slice of pizza at another fan, don't let that distract you from the fact it might be possible to be a good broadcaster and a better father. Entitletown at gmail.com. AtomicDog5150 is Shaq. Dan is at Patriots Daily. Mike is at In This Town 1. John is at That John Irons. My name is Mike Irons. Thank you for everyone who listens, downloads, rates, skewers, subscribes. And as always, Please, for the love of God. Hi, Marv. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.